Hey, Jerry with you here. Today we're going to be going over an innovative app called Clue. That's C-L-E-W. You can download the app at the App Store. Just type in Clue and download the app. It's an indoor navigation app, and we're going to have the inventor of the app here today with us, Paul Ravillo. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and share my screen and uh, start to present some slides on this area. Um, there are some some pictures on the slides, uh, but I will describe everything on the slides uh, verbally. So no need to worry that you're missing out on anything if you're not able to see the, the slides. Okay, all right. Um, okay, so yeah, so today I'm going to talk about the Clue app for indoor navigation mostly, but some other related projects as well. Okay, so a lot of this is probably pretty familiar to this this group, but I just wanted to give a little bit of context. So, you know, there's assistive technologies for sort of all different areas um, in life. Um, the specific area that I've been focusing on for the last seven years is orientation and mobility. Um, so on this slide, there's a few pictures of some folks using the mobility cane. And of course, uh, you know, for many travelers, uh, Especially with um, uh, you know who are uh, you know who are blind would use uh, a cane or a guide dog to get around, um, and so the set of skills known as orientation mobility is important for figuring out where you are in a space, how you want to get, how you would get to where you want to go, and how to do so effectively and safely. Okay, so that's the general area where this technology is is playing a role. And um, on this slide, I'm showing that. You know, there's a lot of smartphone-based technology to help with orientation and mobility. So if you think about something like the GPS app that you'd have on your phone, like Google Maps for, say, walking directions, um, that is a, you know, a huge technology for access. It allows somebody to go into an outdoor environment, get directions to someplace, and you know, get feedback if they're off the route, all those sorts of things. It's certainly not perfect, but, you know, there's a lot of really great benefits of, of GPS technology. Um, okay, so, you know, in terms of uh, what you would be, um, you know, using in those spaces, there's Google Maps, there's uh, Waze, there's apps like BlindSquare, which are specifically designed for folks who are blind or, or have low vision. Um, but... We, in, in this lab, what we're mainly interested in is figuring out how can we uh, help out with orientation and mobility in situations where those other apps aren't going to work. So, of course, one of the big issues with GPS is that it doesn't work indoors. Um, so, because it's relying on uh, satellites um, and signals from satellites, once you're inside, the signals are no longer able to uh, come into be detected by your phone. Um, you can get a basic idea of where you are, but it won't be that accurate. Um, and so a lot of groups have been working on this idea of tackling the problem of indoor navigation. Okay, so um, apps like Be My Eyes, um, I'm not sure if that's one that's been discussed as part of this, uh, the training that you all have been doing. Um, yes. Okay, it has. yes, yes. Okay, great. Okay, so apps like Be My Eyes, I think some people might use that for getting around indoors, maybe asking for some um, help on, uh, you know, um, if they if you get lost. Uh, there's also, you know, beacon-based technology. So in some environments, you might have um, Bluetooth beacons that help give you some a sense of where you are in space. Um, and then uh, in the more of like the research, you know, land, it hasn't quite gotten to the point of being deployed for um, you know, larger groups of people, uh, things like um, this project, which is called Cabot, 
which is a it's supposed to be like a guide dog, but it's actually a robot. So the robot would know how to get around. You would be able to hold on to a handle and the robot would guide you through an environment. Okay, so these are all some different technologies that have been, been used. Um, so the technology that my group is focusing on using is called augmented reality. So um, I'm not sure, does anybody have any familiarity with the, the term augmented reality? I'm curious. Um, not really. No. No, no. No. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, that's kind of what I expected. I think it's a technology that's emerging, but hasn't really gone totally mainstream yet. But the idea of augmented reality is that we can take the physical world around us and we want to be able to overlay virtual or digital content onto that world. So, uh, you know, on this next slide, I have a visualization of an augmented reality game where there's a visual of somebody looking through a tablet and they're looking at a picture of a floor. And on that floor is a virtual sort of city that's been superimposed on the floor. All right. So imagine an entertainment experience where you want to be able to interact with a virtual city that is sort of exists in your room at a specific place in your room. That's one example of augmented reality. Um, there's also, uh, you know, apps for like space planning where you could take virtual furniture and place it in your environment and try to understand like what the environment would look like if you added these pieces of furniture to your environment. And um, in order for augmented reality to make it look as if this virtual content, like this virtual city is actually in the world, it needs to be able to figure out where the camera is in the room. So it needs to be able to understand that as you walk around in the room, the viewpoint of the virtual city should change. So as you get walk up to the virtual city, it should appear to get closer to you. As you rotate around the virtual city, you should be able to like look at it from a different angle and all of these things. Um, so that's the idea of augmented reality or one of the big ideas. Um, whoops, excuse me. Um, and uh, even though this is a technology, as you can see, based on this example, this seems like a highly visual technology. This is really based on creating experiences um, that are primarily visual. However, that's actually only scratching the surface. So um, in order for the phone to render this content, it has to know how it's moving through space. But what that also does is it opens up an opportunity to create technology for orientation mobility. Because if we can understand how the phone is moving through space, that can potentially let us create navigation technology that doesn't rely on GPS and can work indoors where GPS would not work. Um, so that's one of the big, big kind of like jumping off points for the work that we do in, the, in my lab. Um, okay, so, you know, some, some questions that we've been asking. So, um, you know, these phones are now very precise in determining how they're moving through the environment. Um, there's a lot of very advanced sensors in modern smartphones, including accelerometers, gyroscopes, um, compasses, all those types of things are included. And also there's very powerful uh, image analysis algorithms that all of those can be used to figure out how the camera is moving. And so in my work, what we're interested in doing is saying, all right, if we have these motion estimates, what can we do with them? How could they be useful to people for orientation mobility? Um, you know, are, are, they, are they accurate enough? Like, what can we actually do with them? 
Um, and then, of course, like I mentioned, we're not trying to just create these technologies for the sake of creating technologies. We want to make technologies that are actually useful to people. So we want to make sure that we're solving the right problems that are actually going to be make a difference in the quality of people's lives. And we also want to make sure that when we design the technology, we make it as usable as possible. So we don't want to have technology that um, is very complicated, but is very difficult for somebody to use because ultimately people won't be able to derive any benefit from it. Okay, so those are, we're sort of figuring out what can we do with this technology and how do we make it as usable as possible for, for folks. Um, so those have been sort of the questions that have been driving my, my lab's research for um, quite a few years now. Okay, so uh, now I want to talk to you about the, how we designed uh, the app Clue, and I'll tell you how Clue works in just a little bit. Um, but what we did was we went through sort of this uh, multi-step process. So we started out by talking to as many people as we could in the community. So we started to understand, um, you know, what were people's needs in terms of orientation mobility, what wasn't able to be solved by traditional techniques like mobility cane or guide dog. And then we started to develop some prototypes that would be able to address some of those challenges. And then we did a lot of co-design with users. So we worked a lot with, um, you know, for instance, uh, we worked with Jerry as one example um, on this, um, but we also worked with uh, the Carroll Center and Perkins School for the Blind to um, get feedback on the systems that we're creating. And then the app Clue, we actually released it into the iOS app store and um, had a lot of people try it out from all over the world. And what we have been doing now is trying to understand how people are using the app by looking at data that we are collecting from the app and also going back to people who are using the app and doing user interviews to try to understand what can we improve about the app and how can we um, you know, address any of the shortcomings that the app has. Okay, so that's the design process that we're following. All right. Um, so this is, these are some, uh, you know, statistics about Clue. So I mentioned that it's been released uh, into the wild. I think these numbers are a little bit outdated. So uh, it's been downloaded now, I think maybe like 15,000, probably by now, but like 15,000 times. Um, and it's used in you know many different countries. And we have an average of about 50 daily users of the app. Um, so in any, in any given month, we have a unique, about a thousand users of the app from all over the world. Um, some of the feedback we've got, um, so uh, I use the app to navigate from the garage back to my bedroom and it helped me give me clear instructions with voiceover running and sounds that tell me where to turn next. Um, some people use it as part of their daily life. Um, they find it incredibly accurate when it comes to backtracking and navigating in places that may or may not be complicated to get around as someone who's blinded or visually impaired. Um, Okay, so those are some of the reactions. I realize I haven't actually explained what the app does yet, so maybe these are a little confusing at this point, but um, that's what I'm gonna do next. Okay, so an overview of what, is, what does Clue do? So this is Clue, it's spelled C-L-E-W, so that if you're looking for it on the app store, you wanna type, make sure you type it in that way. Okay, so what is Clue used for? So Clue is essentially an app for recording indoor routes and allowing you to automatically navigate them at some point in the future. Okay, so uh, you start up your phone and you click the record button and then you travel the route. Okay, so this is sort of under this assumption that 
this is a route that um, you are able to travel um, either with help or independently. So imagine you're in a situation where you're with a sighted guide. Maybe you record a route while being led by a sighted guide somewhere. At the end of that, you can save that route and then have it in your phone and navigate it anytime you want in the future. Um, or if you just want, you could navigate back to the starting point of, of where you were. So it can help you um, be more independent. If somebody takes you somewhere, you can, can get back. Um, you can also uh, yeah, record routes in unfamiliar environments. So places where um, you may be for just a short time, like a, like a hotel or something, you can record the route from the hotel room, say to like an elevator or something along those lines, and then use that to, to navigate later. Um, so when you record the route, uh, the route is divided up into a bunch of different segments. So uh, the segments are, are sections of the route that are straight. So you might have a route that says, you know, go forward for, you know, 10 feet, make a right turn, go forward 30 feet, make a left turn, go forward 10 feet, and you would arrive at the end. And what the app will do is it'll provide you with um, directions as you go, both verbal directions, but also um, haptic, so vibrations on your phone when you're facing the correct direction, or sound cues that help you understand where you're going. Okay, so here's a demo. Um, one feature that I didn't mention yet is that uh, you can also share routes. So it's actually possible for someone to record a route and send it to someone else for navigation. So in this, um, in this uh, video, um, which I'll, uh, I, I'll narrate also as it goes, um, there, the, per, the one of the developers of, of Clue, who is also a user of Clue, and he's, uh, has a guide dog now, but at the time he used a cane to get around, um, we were at a conference and he wanted me to send him a route from the conference to the elevator. And so this is an example of him importing that route and then following it with guidance from the app. Uh, he's loading the route. Now he's going over to what we call an anchor point. So the anchor point is how you align yourself to the saved route. Um, I can talk a lot more about that issue later. That's important. Align to anchor point, starting navigation, slide right, continue straight. Okay. And whenever he's facing in the correct direction, you're hearing that like tapping sound that mm -hmm. tells him that continue he's on, on the correct track. Um, if you have, if you're able to continue see straight. this, there's also a visualization of these like rotating red. Continue um, straight. They're called waypoints, um, but they essentially mark the location of each of the segments of the route. Um, so, uh, so if you do have uh, vision, you can use that. Uh, feature to kind of navigate around. Um, and Jerry's been helping us make that better for folks with low vision. That's one of the things we've been working with him on. Um, any questions about what, uh, how, how it works or what, what we saw in that, in that video? Yeah, one question is it's, and this is gonna be a dumb one. It's um, <laughs> in order to get Clue started, once you've downloaded the app and uh, the initial putting clue into using clue in your phone, you know, I can understand you do need to record it, but you do need another person with you at all times to get it started. Correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you want to, in order to do the recording, yes. Um, we are working on some, I will talk to you. I'll talk later in the talk about some stuff we're doing this summer mm -hmm. that is going to 
try to make it easier to start using Clue and to do that without having to have somebody there to help you before you're out. Yeah, that's piquing my curiosity, let me tell you, because um, yeah. in a lot of times, like I'm not always with, you know, with someone. And if I'm in like a place like I want to go buy a bus ticket or if I want to go, you know, I know there's, you know, of course, there's Ira and Be My Eyes, of course. Right. But if I were to download Clue, will it be developed not tomorrow, not next Sunday, but, you know, and down the road a bit where, you know, people can use it without, you know, if there's a need to use it without a per second person being there. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll talk more about it. But the basic idea, one version of that is we're working on a system where uh, we can use something that looks a little bit like a QR code. It's a little like pattern and you can essentially put the pattern in an environment and then anybody can come along and scan the pattern with their phone and it will, without even, even having to have clue on your phone, it will bring up a list of possible destinations and then you can tap the destination. It will guide you there. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So but of course, so that does require like that does require that somebody has to put the tag in the environment and also has to have recorded the route. But at least they could advance, and then anybody that comes along um, would be able to take advantage of of that route without having to jump through a bunch of hoops to get the route onto their phone and everything. It'll just download and, and have you start going. So that that's one of the big things that we're working on right now. Oh, great! Thank you. Yeah, that, that was a great question. Um, any other any other questions about about this, the basic stuff that it does? Um, if you were to come into a building and then have to go to an elevator and you were recording um, this route to the elevator, what happens when you get on the elevator? Do you have to start the recording again when you get off the elevator to get to wherever it is you're going? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, actually, this is one of the hardest questions. Yeah. So it doesn't do well with elevators, I have hmm. to say, fortunately. So that was, yeah, that's a very difficult question. So yeah, if you're recording a route, you would have to record a route to the elevator, and then you would need uh -huh. to record a second route from the top of the mm -hmm. elevator. Okay. Um, yeah, but that's, yeah, it's just the, the, the technology for tracking doesn't work super well in the elevator. Um, uh -huh. I, I think it's an area to address, but I haven't put much time into um, okay. Thank you. Can, you. can you speak to it to, in order to call up a particular path you want to go to? That, that's another thing that we're working on. So one of my students is working on SiriKit integration, uh, integration with Siri. So we're trying to make that easier because one of the other things that we're trying to do is develop uh, su better support for using Clue hands-free. Um, so of course, one of the biggest downsides of an app like this is you have to hold your phone, right? I mean, there's all sorts of reasons why you don't want to be holding your phone while you're navigating. Um, you know, there could be uh, some people are worried about like damaging their phone or getting stolen. Mm -hmm. um, people are worried about like you know just the appearance of having a phone and kind of holding it out and like you know, like being judged. But anyway, so uh, yeah, so we are working on uh, some some ideas for that, but. Um, um, yeah, and, and part of that is needing to have the ability to interact with, with the phone via voice. So we're hoping to get more progress on that this summer. 
Hi, sorry, we joined a little late. I was curious, um, yeah. what's the name and spelling of the app? Uh, you said yeah, it, it's Clue, C-L-E-W. E-W, okay, thank you. Yeah, it's a little bit of a strange name. I won't go into it. <laughs> the, the origins <laughs> of it. Um, yeah. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so that's, so what you just saw is kind of like the basic, the basic, uh, you know, structure of, of how Clue works. Um, all right, let me talk about uh, these, uh, some of the testing that we've done. Um, so I talked about at the beginning that, you know, we're not trying to make the technology just for technology's sake. We want to make sure that the technology is as useful and usable to people as possible. So now I want to talk a little bit about, um, some of things that I think are are difficult, are are hard about the app, hard about using the app, and things that we're trying to improve. Um, so uh, one thing is that the the app is kind of sensitive to how you hold your phone. So um, we noticed that when people held their phone and it was just pointing straight at the ground, the camera was just pointing straight at the ground. Uh, the tracking is not as accurate, and the app doesn't work. As um, so the best kind of position to have the phone in is with the camera facing forward and kind of straight out, holding the phone vertically. Um, so that's one of the things that I think is difficult about this um, about this uh, this type of type of thing. So um, we're working on both uh, feedback in the app to let you know when you have the phone in a good position, but also some tutorials to help you understand um, how to hold the phone correctly. Um, so it's not a great thing. I wish that wasn't part of how it had to work, but that is one of the things that's important to get good performance. Um, yeah, okay. And then uh, another big issue is understanding the alignment between the bot, your body and your phone. So um, when the app gives tells you that you're on track, so playing that tapping noise when you're on track, it does it based on the way that the phone is being positioned. So if you're holding the phone, but you're not pointing it straight ahead, so you have it at an angle off to the side, then the phone won't be able, will give you, will think that you're on track, even though you're like actually not facing the correct direction. It'll give you feedback based on where the phone is pointing. Um, and we found that some folks had no problem keeping the phone straight ahead. Um, that wasn't an issue for them, but uh, like there were some folks um, that had difficulty uh, maintaining the phone and, and pointing straight ahead. So they had a hard time sensing that, that relationship between the phone's position and their body position. Um, so that's another usability challenge. So we've been working on different approaches to uh, try to figure out when the phone is pointing off to the side and correct the feedback to um, give a better, um, bit, give more accurate guidance in that, in that case. So is there, is there a... Um... Is there a piece of hardware that you would recommend that would help in terms of helping with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think there's like a few different ways to think about that problem. So first of all, uh, one of the one of the things that we got from a user, uh, one of the sort of power users of Clue, he told us that what he does is he takes the phone and he just like kind of braces against his body. So he kind of like holds the phone like with the screen pressed against his uh, sternum. And he said that works really well for him. Um, other users have recommended certain uh, lanyards that they've used. Um, other users have said that they put their phone in their pocket. Um, but those would be, all of those would be greatly enhanced by 
having support for like voice activation and, and different, you know, support for hands-free mode. So, um, yeah, I think right now we don't have a really comprehensive solution to that, but that, yeah, like I said, that's one of the big things we're working on is getting better. Uh, question? Solution. Yeah. Question? This, we work, let's say you're going from one store to another store when you go in and out, we'll still record and give you directions. Yeah, it, it will be able to do that. Yeah. So, it, I mean, one thing I should say is also it's really optimized for indoor routes. Um, you can do outdoor routes too, but they have to be relatively short. Um, so, yeah, if you were going between two shops that were pretty, <laughs> then you could you would be able you could record record a route between the two. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah, so, no I think, problem. I think Richard touched on this his question earlier, but just want a little follow up on this. So, in terms of so example, so if you have CVS, for example, yeah. um, in a particular area, would people be able to access, you know, going in and out from, I don't know, let's say the CVS on Beacon Street, would people be able to access that on the Clue app? Is there, is, is, is there like a cloud for, you know, storing some, uh, some of those, you know, common routes? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So that's, so, so far there has not been. Um, so uh, the reason uh, the reason there has not been that in the past is that mm -hmm. the process of aligning to the route where you have to actually have the phone and kind of push it up against like a surface to kind of like align yourself, um, that's pretty difficult. I mean, even for the person that recorded the route, I think that's not the, mo the best process, unfortunately. Um, and so then having to explain where to put your phone and how to line it up to somebody who's just coming into a space and didn't record the route. That seems like it's not going to work. Um, so in order for that to work, uh, I think we're going to need some sort of physical infrastructure in the environment. Um, and I will, I can skip ahead to that and show you what we're thinking about there. Um, let me see. So, Okay, so now I'm on a slide and it's talking about what's new with Clue, uh, tag-based alignment and app clips. So um, on the slide, there's this um, uh, kind of like circle, it's basically this black and kind of grayscale pattern. It has an icon of a phone in it and different, you know, a ring with different types of uh, white and gray bars. And what this is, is this is something called an app clip. And this is something where you can take your camera the camera app and you just scan across it just like you may do with like a qr code like at a restaurant you know with you know the menus have all been like that during the, the pandemic mm -hmm. if, if restaurants but um you can scan across it and then not only does it um, is it able to bring up the a route that was saved at that location but it also can align you to the route so the whole idea of needing to put your phone in a particular place to align to your route that would all no longer be necessary um, but what would be necessary is you would have to be able to put this app clip in the environment. Um, so you would need to have some way, like if you're going to use it at like a CVS, for instance, you would have to like be able to talk to the CVS and say like, all right, we want to record routes from the front door CVS to the you know prescription, the pharmacy at the back of the store or something. And so then we would have to like go to that, go to them and like basically tell them that we need to put this like, like, you know, thing up in on their window or something. So that's like the challenge of the approach. Um, but for like, you know, or, but, but for somebody, even in their, your home, you could add one of these tags to record routes from it. If that was useful, 
maybe for people visiting you um, or like in a community center, like one of the you know, MAVD centers, technology training centers, you, you could also add those types of things as well. Um, so yeah, so that that's an idea that I'm really excited about. Um, and a, a couple of my students are working on that pretty, just at, you know, right actually right now in the other room. Um, and I'm hopeful that we can get, get it working pretty well and I'd love to find people who are interested in trying it out. Yeah, that, um, that sounds, does that make sense for you? I don't, I'm curious about your thoughts about the, that no, feature. No, that, that sounds like a fantastic idea. Um, I think a, like a tutorial of how to you know, do that would be really good. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'd be excited to do that at the technology labs and kind of okay. implementing it there. Um, yeah, I think I think our goal is to have like a prototype of it within the next couple of weeks um, to to try out. So yeah, we will definitely let you know. And it'll at first it'll be just like a beta thing that we can, but we can give you the beta version of Clue and you can try it out. Um, and if anybody else is interested, please just let me know. Um, let's see other things uh, to say. Uh, where is this? Uh, so I have recently put together a tutorial about how to use the app. So I made a video tutorial um, that's also described verbally. Um, and I, there I go through the basic features of Clue. I talk about how to record a route, how to save a route, how to add voice notes to a route. That's something that I didn't talk about yet, but you can put little voice notes along the route. And then when you get to a voice note, it'll read it aloud to you. So um, I can send that link to to Jerry and he can maybe send it out after if people are interested in it. Um, so that's one of the new things that we've added. Um, we've also trying to be uh, trying to improve the support of the app for folks who have low vision. So um, we are definitely not having done this perfectly yet, but um, on this slide, I'm showing one of the ways that you can visualize the path in an environment. So um, Further out, there's these like kind of things that look like little pins almost that are kind of like floating in the air that mark the end of a, of a waypoint. But when you're really far away from them, they look pretty small. So what we did is we added just like a kind of a bar, a virtual kind of red bar that covers the segment of the route and will make it hopefully a little bit easier to see where you're going if you're using the, the screen for, for visual feedback. Um, but I think we still have a lot of things to to improve about the low vision support, but we're starting to work on that that problem as well. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, when you do all this, for example, you talked about going into CBS and going from the, to the front door to the pharmacy. You run that and you do that, report it, and then all of a sudden, it's the season, Christmas season. And they put these these tables in between the front end cap and the tape and, and the front desk, mm -hmm. and that's right that's right in the way where you would you would have, you have done your row you've you've done your your video. Follow me. Yeah, no, I totally follow you, and uh, yeah, I do agree that that would that well, we everything would has to be everything has to be static. Not there'd be no changes to anything. Otherwise, you're going to be running running into things uh yes that well that is yeah if like the route was blocked or something then yeah, yeah, yeah. The route. um in terms of like more minor things along the route like you know i think hopefully you know folks would be able to you know this app doesn't do any obstacle avoidance so you, you would be on your own sort of cane technique or or, oh. or other 
their technique to get around obstacles, but you are totally right that you would need to update the route in that case. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it, I think hopefully it can have some, some use cases. I don't think it'll solve all problems, but hopefully there, there are some, some situations. Um, but yeah, I definitely think you have a really good point. I, I have a uh -huh. question. Am I, sure. um, you said that you put a red marker so you know that uh, that would be visual. Yes. So that would also help you if there was something in the way, the red marker would still be there. Would that help? Uh, well, yeah, I guess it could. So if you had low vision, you could see that the red marker was going through like a table, for instance. Right. If you had enough, if like if, if you were able to, you might be able to understand how to move around the table. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so as long as, as long as you are able to use your other sort of orientation mobility right. skills to, to get around the obstacle, then you might be able to get back on the track. But if the whole route had to be changed because you know the whole aisle was blocked, for instance, right. then that probably wouldn't be wouldn't work. But thank you. Yeah, no, that's a really good point too. Um, yeah, it definitely doesn't replace your you know orientation and mobility skills. No. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things we've been like really sensitive about is I think there's like a lot of technology that tries to like replace the mobility cane either with, you know, a handheld like sonar or what have you, or even just like, you know, a lot of like fancy like electronic canes that have come out recently too. But um, yeah, I think my my idea has always been that like, the, the cane works really well already. And so trying to like augment the cane but not replace its core functionality has always been my thought as the, the right strategy. Let, let me ask you this question. So what have been like the, what have been some innovative ways people have used the app? But I'll give you one example. Yeah. So when we did some testing yeah. for it, I think this has a lot of potential, um, particularly like maybe for blind sports, but we wanted to, was me, I think Cassandra and Evie, I think it was three of us. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong, Evie, but we went into the gym and it was really interesting navigating using the lines of the, like the basketball court and how it oriented oh, yeah. itself. Cause you could totally see application for, for blind sports, like, you know, goal ball, or um, there's even like people play hockey visually impaired as well. So um, I, I, I could see potential in that space. Um, what are some some other ways people are using the app that that's kind of innovative? Yeah, that's that's a really good one. I, I most of the ones I've heard are really in the context of of kind of navigation, um, but uh, you know, like specific things I've heard people do are things like um, you know, uh, a lot of people like in like motels and stuff um, where they need to record a route just for a short time. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard of like O&M instructors recording a route for a client and then on their phone and then the client can like practice the route to get better at it by themselves. Um, I've heard about some environments that are not very well designed for like cane use where maybe there's not a lot of uh, walls or other edges to use for shorelining. So if there's like a big like open area, I knew a couple of people who like worked at office built offices where like there were like no walls where it's like open concept office. And so they just like recorded a bunch of routes to like get around their office. 
Um, so those are like some of the, the interesting uses. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the sports one is, is definitely cool. I haven't, I honestly haven't given it, given it all that much thought. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess another area that at least I've been talking a lot about is um, yeah. How you might use it to train people on how to navigate or use it as a way to kind of gamify the idea of learning orientation mobility. So you could imagine making it more fun or exciting or building in some sort of uh, you know, reward system for, for kind of navigating around. So that's, that's an idea that I've, I've talked to, um, folks at Perkins about, about. I actually have a project with them working on, on that, uh, area. I, I can, I can totally see that. That's, that, that seems like a really good application for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, so we've been, yeah, Eric, uh, German and I at Perkins have been doing that stuff for, for a while. Um, the, the thing that we made that, kind of like gotten the furthest is we have a little uh, sensor that you can attach to your cane. Um, it weighs about a, a quarter of an ounce, actually no half an ounce. And um, it will track the motion of your cane as you're sweeping it back and forth. And it can track the like width of your arc like to really high accuracy. And it sends the data to a phone and then Eric uses it with his students at Perkins. And every student, he has like a customized playlist that he like got for every student. And when they're like really in the zone with proper arc with, it like plays the music for them. And they like, you know, it's a way to like get them motivated about using their cane and excited about the cane. Um, Cause sometimes that's the thing that especially young people like are really re reticent to like use the cane. They don't want to be like different than their, their peers. So try to sort of destigmatize that and get people excited, get them moving around. So that's another idea that I've um, really think is, I think is a one that I, I think is pretty, pretty promising. You, you've got the perfect, I, I worked with, uh, with Eric years ago when I was at Perkins. That's the perfect, he's so innovative. That's the perfect person to, to connect <laughs> those things. Yeah. He's a little bit of a, a little bit of a mad scientist type person. This <laughs> seems to help, help me in some way. Yeah. So yeah, that one, that one we're like, basically we have like a whole working system for it and we're just kind of figuring out what to do next. Um, but the hope would be to like find some way to, get it into folks' hands just at the cost of the materials so more people could try it out. So we do collect some data from the app. So we have um, a data set of, of you know, routes that people have traveled. And from there, we're able to try to uh, use data analysis to understand some of the usability challenges of the app. So we've looked at things like, based on how the user's holding their phone, like how likely is the route to be successful um, things of that nature, uh, how, how, whether or not the person's using voiceover, how, how much does that affect the likelihood of the route being successful? So trying to understand those types of things as well. Um, and this summer we're trying to do a lot of that data analysis and also reach out to individual users who are, are using the app to get their perspective on, on what, what their experience is like. Um, and then in that vein, I'll just share, um, the idea of the clue co-design program. So uh, the Clue co-design program is something that uh, Fernando, this guy, Fernando Albertorio. So yeah, so Fernando's the co-creator of Sunu Band. Um, and uh, he's helping with this program. But what we're trying to do is uh, we want to build relationships with people who are interested in this type of technology, but um, want to actually help develop and shape the technology rather than necessarily just test like a final product or use a final product. Um, and so the program we're setting up is going to be a five-week program. Uh, 
and you'll work with my team uh, to try out different different apps. Uh, all it can be done remotely. You don't have to like come to campus or anything. Everything can be done, uh, you know, on your phone by sending you an, an app for testing. Um, and uh, so for us, it will get really. We hope to get really valuable feedback on the app to make it better. Um, in terms of the value for the people who are participating, there is some compensation available. Um, it's not a huge amount, as I will warn you, but there's also not a huge time commitment either. Um, and then we're also trying, we're scheduling a series of workshops for participants that will be essentially talking about different career paths and accessibility. Um, not like training, not, you're not going to, you know, be able to get a, you know, a new job based on this, uh, you know, this program, but just to introduce different areas where um, you can sort of build build a career or build a you know a second second line of income out of out of this kind of accessibility work um, so that's that's the that's the goals of the project so we're, we're looking for folks who might be interested in participating so if that seems like something you'd be excited about definitely get in touch um, and i can i have a flyer i can send you a link to the flyer and also an application oh please send that my way i'm happy to share it with folks Okay, sounds good. Yeah, we're just hoping to have something that, yeah, it can be some value in like both directions. Um, and uh, yeah, we're trying to lot we're lining up some speakers to, to talk at it as well. Um, so maybe we can talk about that as well. If anybody has any other questions about clue or just anything in this area, I'd, I'd love to love to hear them. Yeah, I have a question. Sure. Uh, you, you mentioned, you mentioned that all along the right path, you get the tapping sound. Yes. What happens if you don't follow? What happens? How do they notify you? Yeah. Uh, so that's maybe one of the things to work on a bit. Right now, if you're not on the path, there will there's nothing. You don't get anything. And so the idea is that when you start to learn how to use the app, you learn that when you don't have when it's not doing the tapping sound, you need to scan around for the until you hear the tapping sound again. Oh, so the idea is that, and when you get to one of the waypoints, the intermediate points, it'll give you a direction. It'll be like, turn to the right. right. So then you would turn right until you hear the tapping again, and then you would continue on. Um, so I think when people are first learning it, they are a little, maybe a little bit confused about what to do and they don't hear anything. So um, for that, we're developing uh, like a, a better tutorial program so that people can try that out just to get the feel of what it's like to use that type of system. Um, but then once people get a hang of it, I think it's pretty intuitive. Um, and I think people prefer it to the voice directions. They can just kind of use the, the tapping sound or you can turn the tapping sound off and, and just have a vibration as well if you don't want it to make that noise. Um, that seems to work pretty well. Sounds interesting. It's, yeah, we're always trying to make it make it better. There's certainly a lot of, a lot of areas we can improve, so. Um, Always looking for the, that feedback. Thank you very thank much, everybody. You. Okay. All right. Thanks, Paul. Bye-bye. To download Clue, you will search Clue, C-L-E-W, in the App Store, and the page will pop up. You will click Get, and then it will download, and you will click Open. For more information, contact Jerry Feliz, Access Technology Director, at 857-443-6636. Email jfeliz at mapcommunity.org.